0: telling me, like, don't open up too much. Keep that shoulder in a little bit so they have to come through you. You know, the next day in practice, I was guarding one of our receivers, and I did it. And I heard my coach yell, yeah, use that Pat P technique. (laughs) (laughs) This is my first year in the league. I mean, we're playing Green Bay, survival, game of the week. It don't get much better than that. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um, The whole team is excited. You know, we're going to show up and show out.
1: Welcome to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. This is episode 160. My name is Tatum Everett. We've got Gabe Henderson, producer Jay Nelson, and recording it for us, Eric Davidson over here. So we got a full room today. We had a full room earlier as well when we welcomed rookie defensive back Caleb Evans as a a part of our interview that we've been doing with a lot of these players leading up into the season opener. And you know, guys, the defensive back room is getting a little bit interesting with injury developments, roster cut developments. What are your thoughts on that, Gabe?
2: Uh, Jay and I were just talking. The Harrison Hand news is still kind of sh- of a shock to me because he always provided really good depth for this team. Um, so one that means Andrew Booth is fine. Kevin O'Connell said that earlier yeah. today.
1: Expect some good um, season. So over.
2: seeing that, I'm like a Caleb Evans. This is going to be his time to shine. So there's always a bigger plan than what we see in this room, and um, I'm excited to see how that plan shakes out starting September 11th. But that was that was probably the biggest news for me. The cornerback position is a position where we need depth. Um, it's probably not the strongest position group on our team. So um, seeing Harrison Han not on this roster anymore, I'm like, okay, Kevin, we trust.
1: I mean, it could be a situation where we could pick somebody up off of another list of cut players this week as well. And we don't, like you said, know the ultimate goal. For playing. sure.
3: And, and at least on my end, when I was trying to kind of rationalize this just a little bit too, was thinking about is this possibly one of those things where they just understand as coaches, Maybe he doesn't fit what they're looking for. You know, he's had his chances in the past working with this team, and he put in some time and and, and was a serviceable player for this this defense. But maybe he just wasn't going to fit, and they already knew this. So they're going to let him go. He's a guy who's a veteran who can possibly jump onto another squad. You know, sometimes that happens, too, where there will be veterans that they just – they understand, like, hey, we're going to cut you now so that it doesn't have to be in kind of the mass call for the the – 53-man roster type feeling, feeling. and a, a guy like Harrison Hand I would assume is going to get some some look at other places um, if not fit here then you know I got a feeling that he's going to at least have some chance to try to make a roster moving forward so we'll see how this shakes out yeah. but yeah that was one of the first um, kind of bigger names along with with uh, you know Albert Wilson on the releases that have happened the last couple of days. Yeah
1: Albert Wilson who had a really big preseason game against the Raiders no longer with the team another veteran who was waived this week. The number had to get down to 80, and the tough decisions have to be made. Along with Harrison Hand today, the Vikings waived tight end Sean Beyer, and then Ryan Connolly and Blake Prohl were added to the PUP list, which I think those guys were kind of assumed to go to there. We've seen them work on the the side field where the injured players work out before, so.
2: Honestly, I I think that's, like, positive news. I know, like, you never want to see a player get cut, but... If we're talking starters getting injured and them not being on the roster versus a backup getting that shot, I'll much rather take that starter. So, I I, I mean I hope Sean Byer and Harrison Hand find a you know a job sure. elsewhere yeah, you know pretty quickly. But with Sean Byer being cut, that means or Smith Junior. He must be. I know he's going to be back for week one, but that that ultimately means he's going to be back and ready. So yeah,
1: and he think, was at practice on Monday, which was a great sign. Yep,
2: yeah. yep. So I think having him back will will be key for us. Uh, going forward
1: now as many talkers as we've had today yesterday was also a big talking day we're recording this on Tuesday for those of you who might be listening to it a little bit later in the week trading camp is finished but the Vikings are now 0-2 in exhibition games after that 17-7 loss to the 49ers both Kellen Mond and Sean Mannion saw time in that contest, but this backup quarterback debate just got a whole lot steamier. <laughs> we had Quaysee Mensa trade the 2024 conditional seventh round pick to the Raiders for backup journeyman Nick Mullins. Jay, yes. you woke up Monday morning and saw that on your phone.
3: Yeah, that. How was... How are you feeling? Well, it's kind of interesting because talk radio, Twitter, everything was well, the debate was is the backup quarterback on this roster. And a, a bunch of people were citing in their opinion, saying they did not feel that was the case. Now, by making this trade for Mullins, that means that at least in quasi's eyes, when he went to make the move, this is a guy that he had some run with in the past. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who's 27 years old, so he's been in the league for a bit. And he feels like this guy coming in here, everyone's assuming at this point, this is going to be at least one of the backup solutions to what we're looking for. Um, You know, everything was conditional on passing the physical uh, as all these trades usually are. But a guy like Mullins coming in, he's had starts, he's had run, he's got a, a, you know, over 4,800 yards, 26 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. He's a guy that it feels like in a spot duty can come in, start a game and and lead a team. And so a guy like Mullins coming in here, I feel like. Is giving them at least another option to look at to figure out exactly what they're going to do when they have to cut the roster down to fifty-three and figure out the quarterback position.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like this trade.
3: I do too. It, it does make you think. What
2: does this mean for the other two quarterbacks? Right? Um, do we keep three quarterbacks on the roster? Or do we only keep two? Uh, what does that mean for Kellen Mond, who everybody is high on? Granted, he did throw two interceptions last week, and I think
1: I think that the high pro- that high yeah. kind of cooled off a little bit, huh?
2: That kind of prompted you know this move. And whenever you trade a pick, whether that's fifth, sixth, or seventh, um, chances are you're bringing that person that you traded for with your pick um, to come in and maybe not see the field, but they're going to be on the roster. So I think the, the biggest question is, what does that mean for those other two guys? I think this upcoming preseason game against the Broncos means a lot to all three of their careers. I think for Nick Mullins, this game, if he can learn 10 to 15 plays and know how to do those... I think that's pretty much all that's expected from him. But Kellen Mond and Sean May, and if, if they really want to make a lasting impression, they really have to have a really good game this upcoming Saturday. I
1: think when you when it comes down to it, I mean, they, this is like a real battle now. Before you're like, well, maybe they'll keep two or three in the roster. Maybe someone gets the practice squad, et cetera, right? But like this is now I am playing for a job. It's not a placing in the order. It's an actual job job, right? So, I think that it's definitely, if anything, lights a fire under Mannion and Mon.
3: It better. Because, I mean, I mean yeah. something
1: has to, you know, the offense is just, granted, you know, they're not showing a ton, right? Like, you're not showing everything that you're working on. It's very vanilla when you send everyone out there. So, that's um, why
2: Nick Mullen should, you know, learn 10 to 15 yeah. plays. That's why, because... It's a good point. There, there's not going to be anything. They're not showing anything else. Exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. there should be a, a ample amount of opportunities for Nick Mullins to get here and make some plays. And I think his biggest thing is just unlearning that Las Vegas Raiders playbook. Like he's spent all offseason season. Yeah. Learning that. And then in a blink of a hat, it's as like a
1: journeyman though. I mean, he's been in so many yeah. different offenses, different yeah. coordinators. I think that's something that, you know, you kind of accept as your backup journeyman role. My, and this is just, I thought about this literally in this moment, I really haven't heard anything or put much thought behind this. I just wonder why now, as opposed to earlier in camp, like what was it about the timing of this where it just really seemed to work out? Because if this is something that, you know, Quacey had a connection with this guy. He knows him for a couple of places. What was the tipping point?
3: I kind of got a little bit of a theory on that. Okay, and I think I'm ready. In my opinion, <laughs> the theory on that is that the Raiders may have become more comfortable with their other option, which was for Jarrett sure. Stidham. And if they all of a sudden have realized, like, this is going to be our backup guy, similar kind of a thing. We only want to have two quarterbacks on the roster. We know that we can move this guy. It's a conditional seventh. So, like, you know, there's not a ton of of uh, equity that's being given up or even, you know, traded here for Mullins. And if they knew he was going to be a guy that's going to get cut, then they're like, at least we can pull something as far as a draft pick out of this guy. And we could use that potentially as future trade bait or whatever they would want to do. So in my opinion, part of the thing of it is, yeah, on the Viking side, you may have been looking and trying to feel out, you know, what's available. But in a situation like this on the Viking side too, they're looking at it saying, well, if this guy gets cut and he goes to free agency, who knows where he's going to sign. If we only have to give up a conditional seventh, then this guy is worth worth the uh, investment. So uh, all around, I feel like this, this trade is at least to give some hope. To figure out, like, you know, if we were questioning what the potential abilities were of what we currently had, at least Nick gives us an option for another person to look at and to potentially build with for the future. I think that conditional word is is big in this situation. Cause
2: I think what the conditions are if Nick Mullins, if he plays one game, if he's active for one game this year, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders will receive that seventh rounder. So to your point, Jay, if you kind of want to see what he can do. Um, you still have the the wiggle room of all right, well if he doesn't have a good preseason, we can just, you know, cut him and not really lose anything and get our seventh round pick back. Yeah. But there 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 is um a sense of urgency that is heightened for this quarterback room. And I think Kellen Mond, Sean Mayen, and uh, Gerard Johnson who's a who's a quarterback's coach, they all know that. Even being in that room, they may not say it, but it's a business. you you understand that hey, we're here to win and this is a job that
3: only one person can win as the backup so we'll see for me the the favorite weird part of this whole trade was everyone coming out of the woodwork saying well we had a quarterback on our roster from before who was from southern mississippi uh it was All a little right, bit different those exactly right that Come was my on. feeling too Which, you know, I
1: just I was I'm laughing here because I think we've spent like two or three podcasts debating this backup quarterback situation. And I really didn't think that was going to be something that I was (laughs) going to be spending so much time talking about.
2: Well, the only reason why it's news is because it happened (laughs) recently. And and We're
1: sitting here and we're like waiting for a roster cut day and for the first season to actually talk about like something else.
3: We're bored. Because the thing is, (laughs) we're we're never going to talk like
1: let's hope to uh, let's hope. Fingers crossed. We will never have to talk about these guys ever again.
3: I mean for for me like the, Just, I
1: mean that's that if cousin stays healthy you never want to talk about these guys, right?
3: But that's the thing about the backup quarterback is most people tend to forget about the backup quarterback yeah. until all of a sudden they're needed and it's like, "Oh god, what do we got what do we got going here?" Um at, at least again, at least with Mullins it feels like you have a guy who's got some run Who understands what he's getting into and he has been serviceable as a backup in the past so if it feels like this guy is going to be able to come in figure everything out and and be kind of the understudy and the and filling in spot duties if he needs to and that's all we're really asking of him then you know we're already ahead of the game from before
2: i think i feel like at worst case scenario i feel like vikings fans want nick mullins to be case keenum like if he can be the backup that i think they want anybody
1: to be case keen that is
2: true but like if kurt can't get us there right or something unfortunately happens to Kirk this year when Nick Mullins gets in, I think you just want to have a guy that is serviceable enough to get us wins.
1: It's such a great point you bring up because everyone who's an NFL fan saw Case Keenum leave the Bills to 42 points. And that's just something I think everyone is here would love to have seen happen on Sunday, Saturday.
3: You want to take advantage of, of playing, essentially playing down to lesser talent when you're playing in, in basically preseason ball. Like if you are playing against twos and threes, you want to see a backup quarterback or whoever get in there, get their opportunity and shine because then it feels like they are on par with should be able to run with guys that are in in the ones position but if you're getting your opportunities with twos and threes, you should be trying to light these guys up as much as possible. And I think that's the thing that was frustrating about seeing the difference between game one and game two, especially when you were talking about, you know, seeing the performance that you had, the positivity in game one with with Kellen, and then in game two with the two interceptions, there was a lot of people starting to throw some questions back in, into that whole mix. So, again, like you guys had already cited, if if Mullins gets in there against the Broncos and he does get a chance, it'd be fun to see him, you know, throw some nice nice passes possibly get a score and, and come off that field and feel like, you know, we're comfortable with what we got.
1: I'll take 42 points a mile high.
3: Well, what if McMullen's <laughs> goes for like 305 touchdowns? Let's do
1: it. Oh. That's a do good it.
3: problem to have. I'd yeah. be
1: like, sign him today, cut everyone else. No, that's not nice. Um, But I would be pretty stoked. But Coach, coach is responding to the 0-2 exhibition game start or preseason start. Uh, O'Connell has quoted yesterday. He's ramping up practices, including a scrimmage on Thursday with quarters and a halftime period. I have a feeling this is what? To really get those starters in there, to get a game like simulation without putting them in actual game action and risk injury on the final preseason game of the year in Denver. But, Gabe, what is one thing that you need to see from the non starters, maybe in the final preseason game? What's the one thing you want to take away from that game? points. I like that.
2: We scored 7 points last week. We scored 20 the week before. Our offense hasn't really got going yet. So I just I just want to see us score some points. Like I I just want to see some excitement. PA used the word a snooze <laughs> when describing last week's game against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And I think that's pretty accurate. Can I laugh like, that
1: loud? My yeah, bad.
2: No,
3: you're fine. It, <laughs> I mean, it's seven points. Like, there's not a whole lot that you could you oh, could point to and yeah. say, you know, it looks really good. But, yeah, you're right. Points is good. Yeah, like, po-
1: Points is yeah, good. I mean,
3: <laughs> points good. Yeah, I mean, welcome to the NFL. Points are good. Numbers, Points more... against you are bad. Yeah, I liked it. I liked
1: it. So,
2: I, yeah, I just, I just want to see points. Like, I just want to, like, leave the game saying, even whether win,
3: lose, yeah. or draw, like, Hey, all right, we scored some touchdowns today. Yeah. There, there's something to get excited about. What about you, Jay? I want to see guys that have been flashing in the first two games continue into the third one because to me that feels like your T.Y. McGills, even uh, with your Luigi Velain this week, having the the turnover recovery at the five, Caleb Evans you know, being able to go through and get in the mix, having those guys that have flashed with the twos and threes, feel like they're solidifying their spot on this roster and knowing that whether they're going to be starters or in the backup role, these are the guys that we can rely on that we didn't necessarily see at the beginning of training camp being who was going to be solidifying their spots. It helps kind of reveal what we anticipate to be the 53-man roster, but there's always bubble players. And to see guys like T.Y., Luigi, and Caleb, and even Josh Metellus last week. Ty Chandler. Exactly. Like, you're seeing a bunch of these different players that are flashing on on film against twos and threes. Let's see them do it again in the third third game, and it will feel like they have solidified their spot on this roster justifiably.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. Stack good performances. That's what I want to see personally. But I think if I'll have to take another point, I would say um, a little bit more explosiveness in the punt return game. I think finding a guy there and whether or not we're seeing the starter out there or not, seeing something to change like a change of pace in the game like you may have your guy but in case you know it's not working with him can we put someone else in to change things up for a team in the middle of a game so I want to see a little more depth and consistency there
2: I wouldn't be mad if we try to Caleb Evans at punt return he wears I think number 21 he would be excited
1: to hear that I know
2: he's a Patrick Peterson uh, guy yeah. Um, and Patrick Peterson return I wonder if he ever has before he said he has okay so it may be I mean the punt return position
3: is wide open right now so it's pretty much fair game that was one of the things that I think everyone was hoping to see whether it was return or kick return, somebody step up during preseason and really take that mantle, especially if they're going to be a younger player that was going to get an opportunity. There's still another game yet. Somebody can, can do that, but it felt like even in, in game number two, there were a couple of missteps that happened in those return game positions, and you're still kind of left there scratching your head saying nobody is grabbing the brass ring here and really taking control of that position. So hopefully somebody can step up and do it, because if they can, then, again, that's going to guarantee a spot on the roster for them.
1: The mark of a preseason podcast where we analyze the backup quarterbacks and the punt returners.
3: <laughs> that is correct. Content. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag content. Hashtag content. content.
1: Well, somebody you will see in Saturday's game, Caleb Evans, is our guest on MVP. So let's bring him on in. Let's welcome in one of the rookies, Caleb Evans, after a great performance on Saturday, leading the team with 10 tackles. It must have been great to be out there, be back in your element. But I really wanted to ask you, what was it like in front of 50,000 Vikings fans inside US Bank Stadium for a preseason game, let alone? I mean, the atmosphere didn't necessarily feel preseason.
0: Yeah, no, it was definitely amazing. Um, As a lot of people know, I'm active on Twitter. So, (laughs) you know, I I, I didn't know exactly what to expect. But, you know, it was everything that I could have imagined. Um, And I was just saying the other day on Twitter, I was like, if that's what it was like in the preseason, I can only imagine what the regular season is going to be like. So uh, it was a great feel. I felt the energy. Um, I got juiced up for the game. So, you know, the, the crowd helped.
2: Man, your last tweet, speaking of Twitter, your last tweet says, 21 days away to the season opener. Of course, we're a little bit closer than that. But seeing the the atmosphere at U.S. Bank Stadium already, now knowing that the season opener is a little bit closer, your skin has to be a little, little chilly now, right?
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, it's my first year in the league. I mean, we playing Green Bay, survival, you know, game of the week. It don't get much better than that at home. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um, The whole team is excited. You know, we're going to show up and show out.
1: You know, I, I know that you don't try and think too far ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Like you guys are trying to complete the install and make sure everything is going and making sure you're the best team right. when you get out there against the Packers. However, there has to be some talk, right, that that's the team you're facing. Have you guys started to dive into that at all or, or how much focus is put on that?
0: No, right now we're all focused on, uh, you know, each preseason game that we have um, right now with the Broncos, so we haven't really talked about that. Um, we're just really building the culture and the mindset, you know, for no matter who the opponent is, um just having the mindset as a defense, uh, just taking the ball away and being aggressive, physical. so um we one game at a time, but it it'll come.
2: what's been what's been your mindset just from the night you got drafted until now, like getting to this point?
0: Yeah, just establishing my role and my identity um on the team. That's always been my mindset. um Of course, I have personal goals, but the first thing I want to focus on was the team goals um because you know we have a mission and we all know what that is so just making sure that I can play my 111 you know what I mean on the defense and just show the team that I'm a team guy and they're gonna get everything out of me
1: how do you like the competition at your position right now what is it like to be in that dv room
0: no it's great it's great (laughs) because it really challenges you know your skill set your mindset your grind all of that so I love it. Big dogs are going to eat. So, you know, you just got to fight for your spot.
1: What's something in particular maybe Patrick Peterson has pointed out to you that's changed the way that you play?
0: Yeah. uh, So I was actually talking to him the other day. Um, We were talking about, like, opening up when, you know, receivers are running go balls and stuff. And he was just telling me, like, don't open up too much. You know, keep that shoulder in a little bit so they have to come through you and you know the next day in practice uh, I was guarding one of our receivers and I did it and I heard my coach yell yeah use that Pat P technique <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just had a like huge smile on my face but you know just, just little things like that that he's talked to me about has um, helped me a lot
2: man especially having a veteran like that like that presence I mean to get that I mean you, you got Durante Jones yeah. like you got a coach but to actually have a coach on the field doing it in person actually seeing you do those reps in person that's got to be beneficial also right wasn't
1: like, he your idol too like he was <laughs> the guy you modeled your whole game after,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, were, yeah you were number 21. And you, weren't shy,
1: and you weren't shy about that either. Right. So that's, yeah.
0: I mean, I tell people, you know, when I was growing up, I would come home and there was this highlight video. I had a favorite one of his. and I would watch it, like, all the time. And I was like, yo, this dude is so cold because he was versatile. You know what I mean? Like, not only playing defense, leaving his mark there, but special teams, you know, returning. Shoot, I've even seen him go in at receiver before. I'm like, yeah, this dude is, <laughs> <laughs> is amazing. So man.
2: have have you told him that? Yeah. Okay. You know, he was like,
0: appreciated appreciate just being a role model, you know, yeah. and one day hopefully I can be that to somebody.
2: So I'm, I'm looking at your stats here, man. You had 10 tackles this past Saturday. And I'm like, all right, that's a, that's a lot of tackles for, yeah. for anybody playing in the league. And I'm like, all right, let's see what he did in college. Like you had a lot of tackles in college, but mm. you've never had 10 tackles in a game. <laughs> yeah.
0: So how are you feeling? <laughs> no, I, I, nice. I, I'm – a little sore, but it was definitely <laughs> worth it. Um, okay. I I always, you know, when I was in college, my coach was really big on establishing physicality. Um, so that was always my mindset, you know, just in the run game. Um, anybody who has the ball, just be a physical tackler. So, you know, anytime I see the ball, I'm attacking it.
1: What's it like coming from college? Speaking of when you've got to worry about other things, right? Like you've got to worry about going to classes and you've got to study and now you're just,
2: got one to class at Missouri. No.
1: Just... <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're not going to, we're not going to talk about that kind of stuff. Uh, Let's it's just it's SEC school. So. Hey now, Hey now, I got your back on that one. Caleb. No worries. Uh, no, but, but when you, when you think about it, like you are in, this is your full-time job now. What is yeah. it? What is that feeling? Like you, you come to work, you play football.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. Um, you know, just not having to worry about class and, you know, studying <laughs> and that that aspect. Like, we're playing a, a kid's game for a king's ransom, so it's like, it's just amazing to be able to do this as a full-time job. And actually, you know, you brought that up. I was texting one of my friends yesterday because um, I had left to go to lunch, and I was like, feel like an adult like i just, <laughs> even to go to lunch and i gotta go back to work like it was just, just, a, yeah, no. <laughs> it was just like a adulting moment so it, it's pretty cool <laughs>
2: when when did that hit you like when did that hit you that like man like i'm i'm in the league
0: yeah when we were in uh our otas you know and i was getting around the guys and learning and i was like man like outside of this like we have a whole bunch of free time which you know studying and stuff like that and crafting but at that moment, I was like, I don't got no projects to do, no homework. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. You don't got to meet with professors, so just got a rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> just got a rabbit. just got a rabbit. My, my son to take care of. Yeah, <laughs> is he up here? Yeah, he is. Nice. He is. He is. My parents drove up from Texas and brought him up here. So
1: what great yeah. parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. What do they think of your new place and the, and the facility? I'm sure they thought was really neat.
0: Yeah, no, they love it. I mean, I uh, like I said, I got me a nice little apartment, and uh, my mom helped set it all up because you know I was gonna be busy. Good mom. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they love it. Um, they just love the. Culture here already.
1: Are they going to the Packers game?
0: Oh uh, yes, yes, they will be there. <laughs> nice,
2: man. I, I know. Just speaking of parents, they they know the real of Caleb Evans, oh, yeah, right? 100%. We we get the football player, but on this podcast, like we like to get to know the player, the person. So, what is something that a lot of people don't know about you that you're okay with sharing?
0: Ooh, um, yeah. We tough, don't. Want,
1: we don't. Oh, sorry. We don't want the stuff you're not okay with sharing. <laughs>
0: yeah, Because <laughs> yeah, I am an open person. You know what I mean? Like. And I'm I'm low key, but like I'm open about what I do. Mm-hmm. You're like, intentional. You know what I mean. Yeah. So even on Twitter, when I be posting about me going bowling, cause I like bowling a lot. Like that's just something that I can get away. You know, from the game and stuff like that. I really like basketball. I mean, like it's nothing that you know. Some people might say I'm not interesting like that. Okay. But um, You know, maybe
2: we've had guys say they play piano or they like to
0: see. (laughs) I think think
1: it's really interesting the way that you have come in and made like social media kind of part of your like everyday life. You want to connect with the fans. I mean, and and to be fair, like not every not every player does that. Not every player feels that connected. How has that been, I guess, as far as handling the positives along with the negatives?
0: Yeah, you just have to understand that, you know, when you're playing well, you know, it could be a good thing. When you're not playing well, it could be a bad thing. But, you know, when my intention is always to bring positivity no matter what, you know, and just be my true self, um, no matter the situation. So that's what I've really been focused on. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I like connecting with fans it and stuff like fun. that, you know, like mm-hmm. through Twitter because – I mean, these are the people that are in the stands cheering you on, you know what I mean, supporting. So, like, why would I not? You know, I don't want to be that guy that's standoffish and, you know, like, nah, I want to embrace the community. So,
2: Man, that I mean, without fans, none of us have a job. Exactly. So, that's the
1: beauty of social media, exactly. though. Like, we didn't, you know, growing up, not all of us could talk to our favorite players through yeah. social media and see what they're doing with their time, going bowling yeah. and <laughs> yeah. stuff, and, and now they can. And
2: it's good to see that, especially from the young players yeah, who were like— sure. All about their brand and understanding that hey, I can make more money off the field if I really attack this social media thing. So it, it seems like you got to figure it
0: figured out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my really my personality too. Like you know, I'm a I'm a good dude. I feel like I, I'm a nice guy. So just you know, getting to know people. You know what I mean outside
1: of yourself. So that's really fun. And you're gearing up for that first winter. Oh, yes. Talk about the driving part, yep. yeah. Can we just yeah,
2: enjoy yeah. summer? Me, can we just enjoy it? Like, I don't want to think about anything cold right now. Yeah, I heard, like <laughs> ice, fish, ice fishing. Ice no, fishing is really, but a it's thing. on the horizon. I pressure. asked,
1: I asked for some tips on Twitter last year for winter ha- to help yeah. winter tips. That might be something you might want to call the fans out for. Like, hey guys, do I need some boots? What what's going on? Oh yeah, because
0: I heard it gets like negative degrees up here. It so I've never experienced that. So. But you play in a dome. <laughs> yeah.
1: You'll play in a dome September 11th when the gate when the Vikings kick off the season against Green Bay. It's going to be awesome. It's
0: going to be great.
1: We're so ready to see you out there, Caleb. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast today, and we wish you and Benji the best of luck this season. <laughs> Benji. thank
0: you. I appreciate you guys for having me. <laughs> appreciate you.
1: I always like hearing from a Caleb Evans and his positivity. His just he always has a smile on his face when he's walking around the building, and I like his purple hair.
2: <laughs> it's like orange and like pink now. It's kind of
1: weird looking now, the but he sweat. said he was going to dye it. So this I'm sure it's going to come out looking purple again. Purple hair is very hard to maintain because you have to dye it blonde first and then you dye it purple. It and sounds then like you're fades. speaking from experience.
2: I've never actually, okay.
1: contrary to popular belief, I've never dyed my hair purple. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you well, know. Now will be the time. On air. Being on air kind of makes you not, yeah, not able to do those dreads, things.
3: Yeah. The one thing about, <laughs> the one thing about a Caleb doing that, like that was something, that's a man of his word. He has been talking about that all off season. And right before camp, when he, you know, tweeted out the photo saying, "Well, here we go."
1: I love that about it. It was
3: amazing. And for me, it was like, "Yeah, it's just a man of his word. He is willing to do it. He's having some fun with it, and it just for me, it showed how excited he was to get his chance here, coming to camp, that he is willing to do something like that. So for him, keeping it light that way, it was really fun.
1: He's just he's serious about being here, but he's still having fun. I love that his family." Is all on board up here too? I mean, it's just it's great when you see rookies like that, and you really want them to succeed.
2: Yeah, I hope he does. I hope he has a really good career, and and I hope he proves Quaysey right because yeah, it, it all sure. goes back to Quaysey's post draft press conference this year where he said uh, Caleb Evans was the guy that he stayed up late watching film of in a dark room this offseason. And a lot of people gave Quacey, uh some flack for that, but now we're starting to see the product of that hard work of him watching film pay off. So. I just want this staff to be right. I hope the Caleb Evans, especially after talking to him, you always ha- you like we're always fans of these guys just being in the building, working in the building. But like actually once we actually get to talk to them, you kind of gain more of an appreciation and respect. So, I'm cheering for the guy. Yeah,
1: and for what it's worth, I think that's one of the goals here when you listen to the podcast every week is is we do try to give you this behind the scenes inside the player's head so you can like understand their personality and get to know them a little bit better because when you start knowing them, it's easier to, to, to root for them and to cheer them on. And so that's kind of, I think, our overall goal here when we have those guys on.
3: Absolutely. So if he we, keeps going through and having yeah. 10 tackles a game for preseason games, <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah, exactly. he'll Speaking be Speaking of,
1: the final preseason game of the year is This weekend on Saturday, the team heads to Denver to face the Broncos. Stick with Vikings.com for the latest news heading into Saturday's game. You can watch that on Fox 9 or listen to it on KFAN.